Someone gave me 30 pounds of rice to finish you off and turn you into mincemeat and put you in a pot. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is the treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello, and welcome to Is This Still Good, a podcast that still hasn't passed the Bechtel test. I'm a sage host. Sorry, should I not have called that out? No, I've been thinking it, too. Uh, <laughs> okay. There are, there are future, future guests. Uh, anyway. Well, you need two women to complete the Bechtel test. That is true. That's true. That's our loophole. We just haven't had two guests on at once, so I think we're just, we're just good. I'm a sage host. I'm Gavin. Do I introduce myself? I am Seamus. Yeah, 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 sure. Hey, I've hey, done Seamus, this before. For... I don't remember how we did it. Thanks thanks for being here. I don't know. It feels this... like I've already defeated Gavin. This this is a podcast where we, we, we remove nostalgia goggles and um, examine past childhood treasures. God Find damn, Gavin, you good. just sound broken right now. It's a broken boy. Today we're, we're discussing um, one of my... Uh, fond fond memories of uh, Golden Harvest Films Story of Ricky Alright, I'm back uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky O, Story of Ricky um, which on the VHS-like case they have a quote from a review mentioning Braindead um, Sam Raimi and The Matrix So, so this movie was made for Gavin <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> How did you find this movie? Um, so I think I watched this in high school. I actually hit up the person who I thought introduced it to me uh, this morning to like just get the full story. And they're like, I've never heard of this movie. Uh, so cool. I recommended it to them. But um, <laughs> this just kind of, uh, I don't know, popped into my history of things that I've watched and loved. I'm assuming, like I used to go to Tower Records a lot and... When you go to, like, smaller video stores back then, they always had, like, people recommending, uh, you know, the people who worked at the stores would recommend shit that they loved. And, uh, you know, now we've got, like, all the streaming stuff has, like, if you like this movie, you might like this movie. That used to have a more interpersonal connection that that I think might have been there. Um, Mm. It was also the days of LimeWire and... I used to enjoy watching watching a lot of martial arts and like gory zombie movies and stuff, and this is like a beautiful kind of intersection of those. Yeah, Gavin, I think you're. I think you might have found it probably the same way I did, which is that I didn't. I, I it took me years to actually watch the whole movie, but I had seen all of the clips, mm-hmm. and this is like pre YouTube, so I'm, I don't even know like something awful or like all the just like weird old school streaming sites that would just be like bunch of blog posts my confined space uh b-movie collections of people just posting clips and trailers from yeah, movies but it that would, just it was, look incredible Often, but it would just be the it would be the, the uh, clip of uh when he's getting choked with the intestines which yeah, that's I, so good always saw yeah um and that I is think, the thing that happens in this movie <laughs> yeah and uh and the and the ending of course the uh yeah the which every time i watch this movie i kind of forget about the ending which of course we'll discuss later but um it's always a beautiful surprise and is definitely uh, one of the easiest things to compare to Dead Alive or Brain Dead, um, the like old school Peter Jackson, uh, the oh, best yeah. Peter Jackson, in my opinion. 
by far. Hey, man, King Kong was okay. <laughs> That's, King Kong was okay. The bold statement <laughs> of this podcast. You can put that. You can put that on the the poster for that movie. And Sage, had, had you seen this movie before? Oh, I've never, I've never heard it. Once again, I've never fucking heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up with a lot of Jackie Chan, and I tracked down all the Jet Li movies on my own. I say all of them. I'm fairly certain that at least before 2000, I've seen every Jet Li and Jackie Chan movie. Same production once. company. Just saying. Golden Harvest. Right. But like everything that's peripheral, that does, bleh, peripheral, that doesn't have either of those actors in it, I didn't see. I didn't even see like any of the Bruce Lee movies until after college. Bruce Lee, also Golden Harvest. What was it? Sonny Chobo. Yeah, so I didn't see any of the Street Fighter movies. I didn't see any of the Shaw Brothers films. Uh, so Shaw Brothers, different studio. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth... All right. <laughs> yeah, just, just a, a blind spot of... Of beautiful Hong Kong cinema. Damn straight. Um, well, since you've never seen this movie before, um, and Seamus and I both love and adore it, do you want to describe it as your best, and like we'll judge you based on how well you can uh, summarize this film? Sure. I mean, I am still just guessing at the plot. <laughs> <laughs> like even now, after watching the movie and taking notes, but all my notes were question had question marks at the end. <laughs> But I will, I will give it my best. All right. The year is 2001. Uh, all capitalist countries have uh, started making for-profit prisons. And this is the story of Ricky O, a superhuman who is in prison for reasons we can't understand because it feels like he should be able to break out at any time. So he <laughs> must want to be there, and the warden needs to know why he's there, as does the assistant warden, and as all the colorful characters hey, call him by and his name. many it's bosses. Assistant warden I, this is, whoa, you can't talk during this part. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> is assistant warden Dan? Yeah. His all right. Name was Dan. Assistant warden Dan <laughs> fix a grudge against Ricky O. And uh, six, the uh, gang bosses of the different cells on the him. The gang of and he, four. The gang of, what did Jesus Christ, Gavin? <laughs> Do better. And, and he has to punch his way through all of them. And I chose those words carefully. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of punching through people and tombstones and walls and rain. There um, is just so a lot of just punch fighting in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What a beautiful Punch dancing. Film. Uh, sure. <laughs> we can go with that until we have other things to say about it. Yeah, so that, 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 that's, a, that's a decent... Yeah, this is, this is a highly intellectual um, critique of the prison industrial complex, um, which, you know, <laughs> often we think of as a United States problem, but capitalism is, you know, kind of the cancer of the world right now. Uh, and... Story of Ricky is some of the the best, you know, most solid critiques that I've seen, at least. Um, well, cellular. I would love to ask, because that is literally the title card that comes up, is a more succinct version of what I stumbled around saying. <laughs> uh, and if this is a Hong Kong film that came out in 1991, is what it said on mine? Mm -hmm. Is that? Okay. Which shocked my roommate who walked in and thought we were watching a movie from the 70s. Well, and, and that's like Golden Harvest's films kind of all look like that 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 is their the style in in china was a little different at the time compared to like 
American cinema. They're also doing a lot more period pieces, which I think the style fits a little more easy. But like, this also had a lot of John Carpenter in it to me. Like the way it's lit, especially the nighttime scenes with like just the floods of blue light, um, really contrasty and that like kind of brooding John Carpenter score whenever they're not playing the flute. <laughs> which um, is another mainstay of this character is uh, Ricky plays the flute. Because he was a music major. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Which is stated early on because it's important. And, <laughs> so uh, important. It the definitely screenwriters... comes up again. It is relevant. <laughs> screenwriters, you know, make sure to let us know that he has a gentle heart. Um, I, mean, I guess he does teach that other boy to uh, play the recorder. Mm-hmm. And it immediately dooms him to death. <laughs> it does. Where he is skinned alive. Music is bad. Skinned alive and then just laid uh, on top of the flute where we see Ricky leave behind, you know, the innocence and beautiful, you know, he's losing parts of his humanity when he snaps the flute out of anger. It's the only thing he has to live for is justice. Sure. Uh, but the question I, I really wanted to ask is is as simple as this is this is a movie coming out of Hong Kong, uh, late eighties, early nineties, whatever. Uh, for it to start as a, an indictment of capitalism, uh, or at least for the prison complex, Hong Kong is capitalist at this point. It's not a part of China. It's just it's. <laughs> I, I don't have a statement of this. I am just wondering if it is actually making any political point based on where it comes from. Because if this had been like a Chinese film at this time, and it starts with all capitalists, it's 2001, all capitalist countries have fucked up and China is on top. Well, is so this, this, is, this is actually a Japanese property. Like, or not, the, the, movie's China, the movie's Hong Kong, but the, this is adapted from a manga and anime of the same title, Ricky O, that is actually a, a Japanese property, although it does use, um, is it Qigong is the martial arts that Ricky yeah, practices? Qigong. Um, <laughs> which is, I believe, Chinese. And Ricky, the character, might be Chinese as well, but this, you know, just to complicate it further, based on where you want to chase down its politics to, uh, is originally a Japanese story. Well, I did a deep dive journalism, and I called a lot of people, so we'll get to the bottom of this at the end of this. I've got four four scholars waiting in my room. They're playing with my cat, and uh, mm-hmm. they'll come on anytime we need to call them. So, yeah, audience, if you if you rather than writing in this time, just break into Sage Bilderback's room and hang out with the other journalists that he's assembled, um, and play with his cat. Oh, and, I mean, and, and let and let him know. What, you got to quarantine first. <laughs> Well, yeah, just do the 14 days in his bedroom. <laughs> Jesus that sounds Christ. really Thank creepy. Thank you for volunteering. <laughs> you guys have gone on a tangent I can't follow. Uh, yeah, so, Ricky. All right. So, I don't know. Should we, like, everyone pick a favorite death? Because that's most of what this I was, movie I was is, thinking is of that as just <laughs> disgusting your favorite ways that people are murdered. Because <laughs> this movie is predominantly murder. Murder by fist. Oh, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to come ahead and say it. Um I was expecting a more traditional martial arts film, and this this appears to be more of an Eli Roth film. I, you know, I I, I like I like I like Eli Roth. I I wouldn't compare him to this. It is extremely gory, but this isn't torture porn. This is like uber violence. This well, I'm is... thinking more in the way like when Eli Roth approaches a property that's not a straight up horror movie. I haven't. I'm assuming there's nothing like this with the house with the clock in its walls or whatever. But the Death Wish remake, which is 
okay, and there's no reason to ever see it. There's nothing spectacularly good or bad about it. Is that the Bruce Willis one where he's... Yeah, it's it's problematic, for sure. But it's, like, it's very straightforward, uh, and then, you know, a couple people's heads explode when they don't need to explode. So it's just the inability to not do that. Oh, it's, like, the mo- not the most recent Rambo, but the Rambo before that one that's just called Rambo, which is confusing. Rambo But 4. then again... Well, it's Rambo 4, but it's just called Rambo. But then again, oh, okay. Rambo 1 is Rambo First Blood, so that makes sense. Yeah. They hadn't technically used that title yet. And I, oh, think I would love to do all the Rambo John Rambo. No, the uh, fifth one's called Rambo The Last Stand? John Rambo. No, The Last Stand is that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Johnny Knoxville. Isn't the, yeah, well, okay, so I, which they basically <laughs> which have the same great. plot. That movie is no so surprisingly good. Did any of you guys see The Last Rambo? No. I saw The Last Stand. Which Also, The Last Rambo would be a great title for it. Or like Rambo Last Blood. I know he gets in he gets involved with the cartel and provokes them and makes them chase him to a bunch of murder tunnels that he's built under his property in New Mexico. Yeah, no, the one I'm talking that about is the one where fun. he like he goes back it's to in, Vietnam to like It's help in Myanmar. Our... Oh god. Yeah, he helps. Second like a... he goes back to Vietnam. The fourth one he's just hanging out in Burma and like ha- helping some Christian missionaries up the river and they get Yeah, but that, that one has really one shot war. that always sticks out to me, which is they like they it's yep. towards the end and there's like a siege and there's the boat and there's the guy piloting the boat and it literally just like he's panning across the screen and then his head just disappears. Mm-hmm. And that, that reminded me of Rickio reminded me of that a lot. Yeah, actually Rambo Four aboard the any other American movie Ricky reminded me of. I mean, I think the the apt the movie that this reminds me of most is Dead Alive, which is like the only, one of the only other films that has just the sheer chaotic but joyful expression of like gore and murder. Like fun um, carnage. Yeah, it's just like so over the top that it doesn't read as violence almost half the time. Um, and it also has that like Evil Dead 2 just like the way characters transform their bodies yeah. that and it's is... tongue-in-cheek like it's all yeah. done tongue-in-cheek right unless but that like... tongue gets ripped from that cheek <laughs> but everyone's playing it very straight yeah there's a lot of cheek ripping in this in this film not not in the farting more than of that, <laughs> <definition>. <laughs> that got me off guard more than you would think about ever i've never thought of cheek ripping before in my life we got characters with hooks for hands just you know going right for the cheek you know, and, and fake eyes without hooks, just like punching right through people's mouths. And you've got Ricky who has multiple limbs impaled at multiple times in the movie. And then just like miraculously does not have any, any injury. Well, he's a music master. A, yes. a fantastic. Let, let's talk a little bit just about the Oscar fight scene. So Oscar is the first of the gang of four that uh, Ricky faces. Um, and Oscar doesn't really, he's like the least interested in fighting Ricky. He's just kind of doing it because the assistant warden, Dan, tells him to. Gives him a knife. Uh, yeah, gives but, him a knife. But says, Gavin, you know, once he shows his tattoos, he must kill. <laughs> yes. Yes. I. That is, man, they, everyone who's not given a name in this prison is the most useless background character. They're oh just my like God. this Greek the, chorus that's continuously chorus giving... The Greek chorus of this movie, thank you. They're continuously giving exposition. Um, and they're all talking as one. There's like, one of my favorite moments is after... So the, the film is set off with a older guy who uh, complains that this other dude's taking his towel in the prison uh, washroom. And he's roughed up and gets his face torn off with some weird device that I'm not sure why it's in the prison. That they claim is a knife. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what that is at all. I thought it was like a mousetrap. It looked like it hurt. Some sort of, I mean, some sort of woodworking tool that for some reason that guy's a woodworker, I'm assuming, because he made the toy for his kid. Yeah, he's got this beautiful little steam engine uh, right, made out so of that's, wood. So that device is going to be something that scrapes wood. <laughs> so he's sympathetic is also what they're trying to say. <laughs> and he has glasses. <laughs> and he has glasses. Um, but he gets his face ripped off. And then Ricky trips the guy who did it, who falls onto a... Conveniently placed. Two by four that just has a junk bunch of nails sticking out of it. <laughs> that just happens to be in the bathroom for some reason. And now mind you, this doesn't kill him. Like, no, 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 like, of course not. That, people do not die from mere realistic ways in this movie. People can only <laughs> die from evisceration in this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very tough prison. These are a lot of tough guys. Gotta destroy the brain or <laughs> remove the head or destroying the brain. The brain. <laughs> Hot cock zombie rules. <laughs> uh, I want to quickly point out that this old man we're talking about is the first of many people in this movie to just beg and hold on to someone's thigh as if that would yep. endear them to them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That is that is a major form of uh, yeah. male-on-male communication in this. There's also this... that very uncomfortable sequence where oh, we're jumping all over the place, but like Ricky is learning so how is to fight movie. via his uncle in a flashback, who he just goes and hangs out in a, um, a graveyard with, <laughs> and uh, it's, they barely... He's already in the graveyard. I no, he's just, they apparently just spend their whole training session in the graveyard, and then they have a thing where there's like a, a perfect circle of grave of tombstones, and they show off his strength by him chucking tombstones at him. <laughs> how Ricky, disrespectful. Ricky just like, punching through people's tombstones that families have paid for and come to and you know it maybe Which, these are all paupers graves and no one cares about them but you have to assume those people have families yeah I also my really my favorite wondering. thing is when he first shows up and he's like are you still super strong and he's like yeah yes show me a demonstration <laughs> of your strength and he proceeds to do nothing that demonstrates strength in any he's way he's just flipping around he's just flipping around <laughs> Right, punches. right. He just kicks and punches and flips around. And then he just goes, watch out, uncle! And, like, attacks him. And his uncle easily throws him to the side because yeah. his uncle is a Qigong master. <laughs> his uncle is the weirdest, creepiest character. I know yeah. so much of this is just due to the dubs. Right. But, like, he'll say something and there'll be a pause. And he will laugh maniacally for, like, yeah. 20 seconds. While they slowly zoom in on his face. I mean, him laughing maniacally, throwing tombstones at Ricky is kind of the most wholesome moment in the whole movie. Well, it's also like Ricky Ricky is the same actor. They don't de-age him, but he's acting uh, like a child. They like, do oh, de-age like a... him. They do de-age him in my favorite way possible, which is they put every single accessory that says this guy's still in school. He's got like <laughs> he's got like a letterman jacket on. He's got like the like douchey boyfriend uh sweater. He's got a tie. He's got a backpack. It's every they gave him the whole thing. They literally like they were like we just need him to look like he's in like a university. Maybe. And then they just have him skip around like he's in second grade. Yeah, well, that's the thing with this movie. We we have two prances. We have like the two different kinds of flashbacks. There's the ones that him and his uncle, which are (laughs) just don't explain anything. And then we have the ones to his girlfriend. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and his girlfriend. And here's the thing about here's here's the thing about those is that half of them look and just feel, especially like it was the it's the music, it's the way it's shot. They look like the the videos that play in the background of uh, karaoke. Karaoke, yeah. Like it just this 100%. felt like something that would be playing during while I'm like trying to do like my own worst enemy at karaoke. It, it, is, it is it is stock footage of a relationship. 
Yeah, and then the sequence when they're like flying planes, and... which is where we first meet her. Yeah, that um, it also feels very the room to me. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like something about so something about pouty. Ricky says Tommy to me. But like if Tommy harnessed this his is, energy, correctly. this is how humans love each other, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like being aware of how expensive the like those model airplanes with like that kind of control are. I was like, God. No, don't. This is this is this is. I, I it was a very off-putting moment to me. I'm like, no, 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 please, Ricky, Ricky, stop running with them. God, <laughs> right? Because then he gets. Well, he he has a helicopter that already has a poem written about her that he's also flying around, and then he's she's chasing him because she's like, stop displaying our relationship publicly. You're too cute. And I also I want to just say I just I respect his actor for laughing and running, but also like looking like he was like, yeah, I don't want to crash my fucking planes. (laughs) I mean, as much as he definitely crashed those planes. I bet that was most of the budget of this movie. (laughs) Just effects, makeups and planes. Yeah, I will say that this movie was very inconsistent in how much of the head was destroyed when Ricky punched it. (laughs) <laughs> or other people like some other people one guy slaps half of a guy's face off at one point or maybe oh, he punches, yes. but like I'm glad, half I'm glad... of the top half of the head comes off no that was, well, ricky, that, was ricky. A, that was a chop not a punch though yeah There's but like difference. ricky like punches dan and he's just like Still a hand chop and he's just like discombobulated or he like there's a drug the, the drug dealer guy and he like punches him and he like caves it in whereas he full-on like blows up a dude's head yeah, I I don't have any problems with this. This this no, 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 sounds yeah, yeah. like the way that the we're way just that talking. violence works. We're just talking. We're just, no, I'm just I'm just airing it out. I'm just airing it out. Also, did you guys? So I you know I love the namings in this in the dub. I feel like the the, the dub is the only way to watch this movie. Not speaking I have, Cantonese. I, ha, I have not watched it as a sub, but I do. I didn't think find this is an a very enjoyable to. dub. I don't think I like I, at this point don't think that a, that a subtitled version exists because the dub is kind of the perfect accompaniment <laughs> to this movie. I also feel like this is the most anime live action movie I've ever seen. Right. I was watching the anime this morning just because I'd never seen it. And I was just like, oh, this is just the live action movie, but drawn. I, I don't need to see this. I, you know, I've got yeah. the live action movie. The live action movie's perfect. <laughs> I will um, say, like, the dub to this movie almost feels like someone doing a riff tracks of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it felt yeah. very What's New Pussycat, or what's the Woody Allen one where you just overdubbed a, like, What's Up, Tiger Lily? Oh, I was thinking of Ender the Fist, but yeah. Oh, also, also a great a, one. A great, great entry into a very weird canon. But I just <laughs> love. I just loved that they were like, every time they're just like, oh no, he's got Kenny, or oh no, he's got he's got Charlie, and then they have Frank. So they have the gang. Frankie. They kill Frankie. This is for Frankie. <laughs> so the thing is, though, they have they have the gang of four. We have Oscar, Brandon, Brandon. Tarzan and then Rogan and so all I could think is all I can think of is Joe Rogan and then here's the thing that's really funny to me is do you guys you guys know what the deal with Rogan is right I mean he's very stylish it's a female actress is it yeah that's a woman it's a woman I was wondering the whole time I was waiting for that to be like the twist thought it would be a trouble if I brought it up what is a woman doing in this male prison exactly and I, I don't think dies. I think just lost her le- his, his their legs. I don't, you know, I don't know how they associate. I don't want to gender them. But that is an actress. That was an actress. Interesting. I had no idea because like, um, the dub like it's definitely a dude doing the dub. It's a very like you know kind of effeminate sounding dude. But 
It's a dude doing the dub. Yeah. So my question is, what are the liberties the dub took? Like, I want to know is like, were they just, did they just, ca- I mean, cause this is apparently it's a very established actress. Like she's really well known in, in like Cantonese films, but Interesting. it was very curious to me because I'm just like, it's pretty obvious, but like, I, I did not assume, I, I assumed lot, but... it was always just a dude. Um, I also it was like someone the, doing a K-pop impression like 15 yeah, years before that. I mean, thing. it just and it also didn't like it doesn't feel like it's supposed to read as like gay or anything. It's just dude's got style, uh, you know, he's unconventional. They refer to him as unconventional. Yeah, it's because they've the gang of four in their entirety. You've got um, your first guy who's got the tattoos on his back and that's kind of his thing. Then you yeah. got Tarzan who wears like a furry vest and fingerless gloves <laughs> and then you got Brandon, who's got blonde bangs. Yeah, and throws needles. Yeah, and throws needles. And then you've got Rogan, who's got like the one punch of death. Um, and I have hit you with your the death brains spot. Of the operation. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the one-liners in the dubs are phenomenal. Like you skip past the first fight. Well, that's what, I was. Giant... I've been waiting to bring us back to that. <laughs> okay, the, the sumo prison, the shower oh, fight. No, actually, I even. I was even skipping. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very short. It counts as Zorro. A fight. Zorro. To what Zorro says at the beginning. Someone gave me thirty pounds of rice to eviscerate you. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure I will open this episode with that quote because <laughs> it was my favorite. Oh, Gavin showed me another good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like this giant drooling behemoth. By the name of Zorro, who attacks Ricky in the shower, which is where we get to like see the some of the first like true strengths of just how much violence. wire work strengths is in this movie violence. too. Yeah, because Zorro punches him, and then and I I love in this movie like they this is before they were editing out wires, so if you look closely, you can see the wires every time someone's flying across a screen, um, or even when like they're punching through walls. Like, uh, you, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, my favorite uh, moment of very obvious wires is the very end when he punches yeah. through yeah, the that's wall. Yeah, the only you one I really <laughs> just see perfect. all of the wires. Yeah, um, it's it's such like a, and that's something that's beautiful about like this type of movie in this era. It's similarly, you know, I'm gonna keep mentioning Brain Dead, Dead Alive, and Evil Dead As too. Is like they they really show the work <laughs> in a really beautiful way. Same with like the thing. And even like Jaws to a certain extent, like this beautiful practical Yeah, and I think th- th- there's something about this that's also really similar to those, which is you watch it and you kind of, I can, I feel like everybody who was working on this had a fucking blast. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it was really hard because like I, the, working with practical effects is extremely time consuming, but like just getting to see the pieces come together ha- is such a special experience too. Yeah, I, I just did a vampire movie, and it's definitely, like, tough, especially if you're outside in the cold dealing with, like, rain or blood. But um, Only those two a, things. Only those two things. <laughs> it's just a really magical thing to see. Rain, to blood, together. children, animals. Those are the... <laughs> yeah, it's all part of my writer. Um, but all, So I wanted to talk more about Oscar. When, like, he's, we intro him. When One of my favorite shots in the movie is he's sitting on a gigantic crucifix in the yard waiting for Ricky to come out. Um, and he's just hung a dead prisoner as bait to okay. appeal to Ricky's sense of justice. I think, I think he was Arthur. 
Yeah, and yeah, that is Arthur. one of the lead up. You, you're you're skipping the lead up to this whole thing, which was one of my favorite sequences. I've been thinking about they that. have they have the Fink guy who's you know oh, he's yeah. bald and uh, you know he look he looks like a Fink. He looks like a rat Fink. Um, and so they're gonna they're gonna kill him because they think he got the guy, the old guy with glasses uh, killed. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we're gonna kick your ass. We're gonna kick your ass. And then this guy Arthur and Arthur, who's just been silent this whole time, finally just goes, we're gonna kill you, and he just pulls out this giant. <laughs> giant like blade this, like serrated double-edged saw sword and everyone's thing. like whoa shit no well and that was great because yeah no because what's his name's talking his way out of he's like don't kill me don't kill me he's like all right all right we won't kill what you what are we gonna do but you have to answer all of our demands and this is like you're gonna have to eat shit and you're gonna and have lick to our boots. lick our shoes and you're gonna have to uh 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 i got nothing what do you want Arthur, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut you in half and let you bleed to death. He's like, wait, 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 that's not where we were going in this conversation. We were doing things you instead can't. of death. Arthur, you did, you're misunderstanding. Arthur, put the sword down. <laughs> so Oscar has to show up and explain how things work. And, but then, yeah. uh, but then Arthur gets a little too uh, too mouthy with him. And so I love is he turns and he just fucking gets it, but he only goes like halfway through. Yeah. And then they're like, we gotta go, we gotta get him down so we can save Arthur. It's like Arthur is dead. How the fuck do you people function? <laughs> and then we get the slow clap. System warden Dan coming in and saying like, "Good work. Let's kill Ricky, y'all." Probably, probably my favorite character, if we're being honest, is Assistant Warden Dan. <laughs> right, which we've also, I mean, we're just going to bounce around. Let's uh, let's not yeah. worry too much about chronology, but uh, meeting the Assistant Warden, um, Ricky's brought to him, and we <laughs> he's just got like this office full of porn VHSs. It is. It's all, <laughs> it took me a while to realize that was all porn. I thought he was just like a movie collector. Yeah, and they, and they give him like a steak that is just oozing blood, and he's drinking... Uh, water Carpaccio. from a glass containing his eyeball uh, because he pops it in and out and pours mints from it continuously. He, he, really, he boy, really loves out. his mints. <laughs> uh, I can't describe that any better. That's just what happens. He's got mints in his it was eyeball, perfect. and he's got the and he's got the giant clawed hand that yep. um, varies on how. Yeah, I don't want to say actually attached to his hand, arm. It looks, I think, is the way to phrase it. <laughs> really varies so there's a lot of that yeah but he, he also just walks around clicking it randomly too yeah. and he's got nothing to do <laughs> i mean it seems like a great prop for an actor uh a little bit of trivia that dude uh ricky's actual father in real life what oh that's cute the more you know yeah it's adorable he also like father son project what i would say is my favorite line in the well, I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite. Well, and we're we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Back into the fight with Oscar. Thank I'm assuming. You. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. You know where we're going. <laughs> um, where, um, so the 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 assistant warden has given Oscar a knife, um, and so they start to fight. Ricky doesn't want to fight, um, but then he decides to fight for no real reason. <laughs> um, to move the movie along. Yeah. They, they, there's like really, he's like, why won't you fight me? And then they go. Hey, Ricky, you should fight him. And he goes, okay. <laughs> uh, once he takes, once he shows his tattoos, he has to kill. Right. Oh, God. Those, like, little aside gags are so good. And Oscar pulls out his knife and throws fiberglass into Ricky's eyes, where, like, the most brutal version of, it looks like his eyes have just been ripped out. <laughs> yes. And then slashes his arm, cutting his tendons. And so Ricky, like, is crawling on the gra- on the ground smashes open a water vein and then rinses his eyes out and proceeds to t- 
take the tendons out of his arm and tie them back together with his teeth to regain the use of his arm before slapping the back of Oscar's head just so that he spits out his eyeball that crows immediately. They've just been waiting for eyeballs. These are eyeball-hungry crows. They've been starved. eat it. Realizing he's at a disadvantage, Oscar starts to do seppuku uh, with the blade. Somehow not dead at this point, even though he got hit in the back of the head hard enough for an eyeball to pop out. Right. That boy's discombobulated. That boy's discombobulated. (laughs) Then he slices open his stomach. Uh, Ricky runs to help him, saying, you doesn't have to end like this. We can be friends. And Oscar kind of seems like it's, it doesn't seem like an angry act. It's like, come join me, Ricky, in death. And wraps his intestines around Ricky and tries to choke him out with them. He tries to choke him, like, from the back of his neck. It makes no <laughs> fucking sense. And we're, this is, like, also my favorite line in the movie is the assistant warden yelling out, Hey, you've got guts, Oscar. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> it's so good. That's very good. We I'm, I'm sure I just stole what you were trying to say, Seamus. I'm so sorry. I got no, it's okay. Ter- carried away. It's okay. I, you, you, you know. I, Seamus, I was do, you, do you also want a chance to say the line? We'll let you. <laughs> you got a lot of guts, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Perfect. Um, yeah, and then it's all over and no one's fighting. Just kidding. What happens next? <laughs> well, and this is like one of the continuous things where, you know, Ricky is, like, an inspiration to all the prisoners who, like, also just want to say that there's these doors are never closed. Um, even though they're only given 15 minutes at a time in the bathroom, everyone just kind of wanders wherever they want. Yeah, my favorite example <laughs> of it is when uh, they find the old man has hung himself. And uh, it shows everybody, like, talking about it. The, again, it's the Greek chorus style. And yeah. so they're going down all the cells, and then you see Ricky sitting, like, playing flute or just staring i don't even remember he's just doing something but he's in his cell and then it cuts to outside where it is a torrential downpour right and they're carrying this body out and then ricky's there and they're like he's already dead and he's like if he's dead why is he in handcuffs and he breaks his handcuffs (laughs) and he gives him his toy back but i'm just like how the how did you get there yeah also why are why is everyone so okay with you being in the middle of the courtyard when everybody else is in their cells right now well, I noticed right from an earlier scene where one of the guards is going to get Zorro in the first place, and there's a long follow sequence where he opens a door, does not close it, opens another door, <laughs> does not close it, and just at no point does he does he ever close and lock the doors he goes through, and I just think that's how this prison works. <laughs> that that guard is also when he goes to the way he's bribed to uh, go free Zorro is he's hanging out with the the captain dude uh, who's like the first to get murked. He's the first like um, he's like the mini boss, the, the, the first yeah, yeah. mini boss. Uh they're just sharing two urinals next to each other, you know, just hanging out, prisoner, guard, everybody's there's a, lot, there's a lot of good urinal bits in this. Uh yeah. in the very very beginning when the old guy's getting uh getting uh picked on by the captain. There's like four guys and they're like looking at it and they're like, "Oop, never mind." And they all just go to and proceed. <laughs> Just yeah, the, the four guys who just witness like, oh, oh man, he shouldn't have done that. He's gonna get murdered. Um, anyway, I've got to finish this stream here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I just uh, I want someone to do a better job than me in explaining how 
the gang bosses appear after the death of Oscar. <laughs> Because I just remember everyone like congratulating Ricky, and then suddenly a guy, I think a guy jumps out of the sewer and makes another guy's head explode. <laughs> they do a lot of jumping out of sewers in this movie too. The Gang of Four, they've got that <laughs> yeah. like sub sub subterranean uh, thing going on. But yeah, like that's one of the early moments where again Ricky is like this symbol of freedom and hope. And so after he kills Oscar, all the prisoners turn on the assistant warden and start marching towards him. Like demanding, um, you know, better conditions, and then he proceeds to just walk towards them, barely hesitating, and saying like, "No, shut up!" And everyone just goes, oh, "Okay, okay, okay, sorry, we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have spoken." And then the gang of four shows up and punches through people's skulls. Well, it's also they they do because every time Brandon, just I can't get over the fact that the character's right. name is Brandon in the dub. Uh, every time he shows up, he does the like needles thing, and it's like almost yeah. always impales Ricky somewhere. Right, his needle usually shows up before he does. Yeah, those needles are magnificent. Right, and there's they a lot of that's another magical. thing too. Um, there's a lot of just nails going through. Like there's a great or again, just back to the Zoro scene because there's so much. Like every fight in this movie is just has so much good stuff going on. And that first like mini boss tries to punch Ricky in the face with a nail, um, and then proceeds to Ricky just catches the nail in his hand. Yeah, he just hand, tanks it. He just tanks it. Gets it impaled, just takes it, and then crushes the dude's hands, leaves him, like, cowering in fear, and then the guards show up, and they they surround Ricky, just two of them, and go, like, all right, Ricky, stop it, or we'll hit you with our nightsticks. Yeah. And Ricky's like, okay, fight's over. Well, there's one weakness, is exposition. <laughs> your, sh- your, your, your show of strength has worked. You guys, I I got to go back to because I, I just for, I forgot to mention again when the old they they he's in the rain and the old man's body's being taken away, and then he's just there screaming, and <laughs> yeah. he starts doing kung fu like when he was showing off to his uncle, but it's like bad. It's like this weird like he's like jumping and just wailing. It's like the boy's it's, distraught. It's yeah. It's it's it is no. It is it is the angry. It's the flash dance angry dance of radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is a that is a very apt comparison. He's just gotta fight it out in the air and do a couple do a couple of flips. But this also like this wasn't a particularly impressive display of athleticism. <laughs> At no, least in the graveyard he's doing good flips. Yeah, but the Qigong is a Qigong is about controlling your emotions and turning your body into a shield. You guys are also you forgot to also mention the best part of not the best part of the Oscar fight. The best part of the Oscar fight is that you got a lot of guts and all of that. Right. But it's how he actually kills him. Right. When he flips exactly. him, and then they do the X-ray, yeah, and then his head is completely intact. It shows his head like exploding, but then his head's totally intact when it hits the ground. Right, and he's just spitting blood out of his mouth. Yeah, but that is among many things the inspiration for Mortal Kombat. This Correct. this movie yeah. is is cited as one of the major inspirations for everything that was Mortal Kombat. Man, this, this movie just keeps on giving. Yeah, also like... actually one of the characters <laughs> from the manga is who the look of, you know, M. Bison in Street Fighter is based on. I will say, watching the bits and pieces of the of the anime I did this morning, um, they did define two things a little bit better that we've already joked about, which is um, the way that Ricky does get out to break the man's chains in that scene is he just punches through the wall. Because uh, walls cannot contain him, even though he's locked up in a prison <laughs> for the entirety of this movie. <laughs> um and also, I guess 
the injustice that he's writing is that that guy's because his um imprisonment term wasn't finished he still has to be in prison in death and so they're going to bury him with handcuffs on uh to symbolize that wow that's fucked up up. that's some capitalist bullshit right there Mm -hmm. right i gotta say you know you know what was surprising to me is uh tarzan he seemed like a nice guy yeah, he just wants to fight. He's one of those guys who's just like Well, he he, sa- he straight up saves him twice. Even after Ricky punches his jaw off <laughs> and his arm. And his arm and then like well no, he okay, he like punches cuz it's there's three. He like shatters his like right arm. Then he like pops his jaw off and then he goes to punch him and he hits right on his fist and it like tears up his arm. I I feel like we should maybe go a little bit in order just to get through some of these fights and establish these relationships. But we can, let's go over the gang of four real quick. Yeah. So we've already talked to Oscar. Oscar's done, you know. And again, like Oscar also kind of seemed to like Ricky. They're just, you know, unfortunately there's a hierarchy. They got to Yeah, he, pays him his, he paid him his dues in the bathhouse earlier. Yeah. He's like, I like you, Ricky. I'm afraid we're going to have to punish you, though. And then he just gets marching orders and is gifted a knife. And he goes down. And then um, we meet Oscar's godson. Get to the knife when he already has a saw blade that he's been carrying around. (laughs) Well, no, that that saw blade was Arthur's. Yes, but now it's his. (laughs) Uh, Prison rules. We meet Alan, who is uh, the godson of Oscar. Well, he's trying to play it because Ricky can play music on a leaf. Yeah, he's a music major. He can make music out of He's a music major. He's got the music in him. Um, and so Alan's trying to do it, and Ricky Ricky is very kind, so he's trying to like teach him, but he finds out that he has his tongue, tongue cut off. Right. But he's playing in, in poppy justice. seed. But he's playing with poppy leaves. Right. And so Ricky's like, where the fuck did you get this? Is this prison growing illegal heroin? No. You're it, damn it, no, right no, no. it is. You t- take a step back, Gavin. This movie I'm taking specifically says opium, despite the fact that the one sequence they show of people doing drugs, it is clearly heroin, but they consistently <laughs> say opium. My bad. I stand corrected. Um, but yeah, so Ricky, uh, through endearing himself to Alan, uh, the godson of the guy he just murdered, discovers an opium plot alive and well in the prison, which is headed up by none other than Rogan of the Gang of Four. Who, no, I mean, it's, it's headed up by, I think it was it's well, all, the all, warden, the warden, the warden. But, you know, Rogan's the one who's overseeing it. And specifically, it's fun seeing Rogan have to try and explain to the rest of the gang of four. It's like, Alan told Ricky about the opium. And they're like, but we, t- we cut out his tongue. He can't tell anybody. I tell you, he told him. Yeah. So then they're like, we're going to test Alan's loyalty. And they're like, OK, here's a knife. You got to go. Which I think is the, they give him like the same knife that Oscar had. They're like, go, right. go, go kill Ricky. And it's Alan's the Ricky like, knife. I don't know. And they're like, this time we'll take more than your tongue. And they fucking just slap basically all of the skin on the front bottom half of his face off. Yep. Like that's, and, I, uh, and then and they, they take the rest face of off. <laughs> and then the next scene is we just see like a completely skinned corpse. Yep. And everyone's like, oh shit, it's Alan. <laughs> on top of the flute that Ricky had given him only the day before. Yeah. And that's where Ricky stops playing, you know. <laughs> that is truly insane. How did Oz, why was Oscar's skin flayed? That didn't happen in the fight. You know, it's just that that pris- this capitalism. They just like the other three gang bosses like, look what happened and they have skinned the corpse <laughs> alive. 
It's capitalism. No, no, no. They, they chance skin. to repent, but he doesn't because he doesn't have a tongue to do so, and they decide he's a traitor, and they do stuff to his face. That's the e. That's the Eli Roth scene in this movie more than anything else. They're also just like you know, well, if Oscar couldn't do it, let's get Alan, who's like supposed to be, I think, like thirteen. He's supposed I to be couldn't, a child. I couldn't tell if like they're doing. So I noticed there's a trope in a lot of these Chinese movies I saw where one of the characters basically just has autism (laughs) or is, like, fully regressed. Um, And that's kind of their way of expressing childhood. Um, It's They just aren't casting children in these roles. They're just casting grown men and having them... What about about the child later? (laughs) Right. Where does that fall? Because we will eventually meet the warden, and the warden brings his like own version of Dudley from the Harry Potter movies. Um, or what's the fat kid in Willy Wonka? I guess that's yeah, I was thinking 80 apt. kid from Willy Wonka. Uh, got, <laughs> yeah. got in his gloop or whatever. I want the golden goose now, daddy. Yeah. We, we get that kid dropped into a prison. My one, uh, I, I'm going to spoil it for you guys is he doesn't get killed, which is like one of my biggest disappointments in this movie because that's right. He just kind of runs away at the end there. huh? Yeah. Yeah, and, and screw that kid. That kid's the worst. There were so many chances for him to explode. All right, so that's... that's we've, we've still only covered one of the Gang of the Four. Who's next? Tarzan. Let's talk Tarzan. Let's talk All right, Tarzan. Yeah, so... Oh, and actually, we, let's we, talk Brandon, because I feel like Brandon's the least developed of the four, and he's very quick. Uh, he uh, he has the weird little blonde tips. He's also tiny. He's tiny. Which, like, you tiny think Rogan's tiny? In like a... <laughs> You think Rogan's tiny at first, and then they show Brandon, and Brandon's like almost half Rogan's size, it feels like, at times. And so like most He's of the time, Brandon and Rogan are kind of like a tag team of sorts. Right. They're also both dressed the flashiest. Exactly. But but Brandon always appears by throwing these like needles with strings on them. Um, and they, they you know, he really only has like one major fight with Ricky, and they, they wrap him up. But then it all gets disrupted by our last member of the Gang of Four, Tarzan. Right, Who's and that? also there's a timer on that fight because um, the ward, the assistant warden has said anyone outside of their cell in 30 seconds is going to be shot to death by, like, auto turrets that are surrounding the prison that only show up for this one scene. Even though he has set this fight up himself. That's Yeah, Brandon wraps him up in needles and, and string. Rogan gives him the, the death punch, I think, earlier in that sequence, too. And then Tarzan busts in and is like, no, well, I want to play. R- Rogan gives him the death punch, and then we get a flashback to his uncle where they explain how this all right. works, which is if you just mentally keep yourself there, you can... You can, you can overcome can... death. Yes. All pain. Except a broken and that's, heart. Except a broken and heart. Even... <laughs> and to do that, you have to commit manslaughter and go to prison for justice. That's the only way to get over a broken heart. I like how Rogan also just accepts that. And he's like, oh, okay. So I, I, I see that you can overcome death. Well, that's oh. inconvenient. Well, my <laughs> ultimate attack means nothing. I guess uh, I'll be a side note for the rest of this movie. But, you know. I guess I'll go back to my cell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Tar- Tarzan saves him by just saying, like, no, not today. I want to play. I want to fight him. Yeah. And they all go back to their cells. Well, no, they don't all go back to their cells. Uh, Tarzan grabs them and they they go, he's like, this way, Ricky. And he throws them into a room and then the room proceeds to get filled with cement. Oh, that's right. The cement trap. I was wondering, because at first oh, it just man. seems like mud because there's not like a bright color spectrum in this movie. <laughs> 
So I really so, did think it was just filling with mud. Yeah, so no, it's filling in with cement, and then Ricky busts out, and he gets Tarzan out too. Um, and then he's like walking right. up the stairs, like he's gonna go fuck up uh, Dan, and then the cement hardens, and he falls down the stairs. <laughs> and, and then like, they chain him up like uh, Sisyphus, just hanging in the cell, <laughs> his arms you know stretched high by chains and he's immobile because of the solidifies cement. yeah but then he in, breaks out until, of the he, cement. until he decides he wants to move uh, after because we're then the warden comes back child in tow his adorable child trips uh and they proceed to murder another guard or prisoner he yeah, murder him. a prisoner i don't even know if he murders him he, <laughs> which no, he again just, he just takes why is that he just prisoner out there the warden looks around the assistant warden looks around for a scapegoat with the with the right. kid trips and he like reaches behind a guard and pulls out a prisoner who just seems surprised that he's there <laughs> right because we'd, we'd also seen some wide angles this outside of the, the scene, prison and there was no prison there there <laughs> i mean the setup to the warden showing up was is quite funny because they have the whole yeah the carpet laid out and they're all just like standing there and then there's that one guy who's like i'm okay he's not here warden's not here and then, and then it's it too cut, hot and everybody falls asleep. And then it cuts to that same guy. And he's like, the warden's here. What the fuck? The warden's here. And everyone's asleep. Yeah. No, and but it they, almost goes real bad. Yeah. But so, no, the warden, what he does is, because uh, the kid trips and then they were like, oh, who laid out this? And they, they scapegoat this prisoner and he pulls out his cane and he stabs and pulls out, he stabs out one of his eyes with it. And he's right. like, well, you weren't making much good use with two of them. So now I guess you only need one. Snap. We get it. He's a bad Justice. dude. No, not, not not justice. Sorry, not justice. Where's Ricky when you need him? No, because there's it's a thing a, that the, 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 the warden the warden specifically says we, we 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 need to not kill the prisoners because they're the cheapest labor force. Right. Again, like this is a really really deep. There is a there is a message hidden in all of the carnage. I I would say like not even that hidden. Like this is a very blatant indictment of this the... predicted two thousand one perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I'd say our 2001 was halfway between Story of Ricky and uh, Space Odyssey, personally. True. Yeah. True. Look, Demolition Man's 1997. <laughs> well, yeah, they just had more time. They were already closer to it. That's why they were able to get it so correct as well. But anyway, so we've got Concrete Ricky breaking his bonds and uh, having his first stare down with the real big bad, the Warren, the Warden. At which point... The warden just decides to lay the first of his mini traps. No, 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 no. You're jumping ahead. Okay. So he breaks out, and everyone's like, oh, fuck. And then fucking Tarzan breaks through the wall. And they proceed to have their fight that we'd been long promised. And uh, it is, he punches out, he, he punches him in like, the, in like the elbow, and it like breaks his elbow. Then he punches his jaw off, and then he punches through his hand. Just like, it's like the, the fist pound from hell. And he just eviscerates, like, right through his arm, uh, just tearing it up into a bloody stump. And then... To which... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then, like, they, he, he, so he, like, punches his jaw off, so it's supposed to be like, oh, he doesn't have a bottom half. But then he keeps talking, and they've <laughs> only, they've just covered it in blood, like, fake blood. So... It... It's, you know, just a flesh wound. Exactly. Cosmetic, really. But then, yes, they, they, they pull out the patented uh, evil warden trap of a crushy ceiling. Right. Which, I mean, Tarzan did burst a hole in the wall, so there's a pretty easy escape that no one seems to acknowledge or look to. Dude, but... nobody, nobody gives a fuck about, about fucking going through these wall holes. 
So instead, Ricky just like uses his strength to push the ceiling back up for a little while. Then he gets kind of tired. And then it'll, uh, it would like it'll like it would like light it like lightly lifts up, hangs for a second, and then goes back. Yeah, down. there is something very charming about the way that this ceiling really doesn't feel like it has any weight to it at all. It's it's like one of the cheesier. Well, and it's proven as such when it turns out Tarzan is not dead. No, in fact, he stands up and supports the ceiling long enough for Ricky <laughs> to tear through the walls and become and get face to face with the warden. Why is he doing all this when there is a giant hole in the wall from where Tarzan jumped in? <laughs> like, at any point, he doesn't need to be holding up the steam crusher. He could jump back through that hole. <laughs> and it's in the background of every shot reminding us that this is an option. I, no, they, they mostly have it off-frame left. Also, what's he, what's, he, what's he yelling at the warden while uh, Tarzan's being crushed? It's like, it's like, we're human beings! Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We're human beings, ever, ever the, ever the symbol of hope, justice, and uh, yeah, I'm a man, not a number. Uh, but then the warden's got more traps and just drops Ricky through the floor. <laughs> That's right. There's just a trap door. Yeah, trap door. Yeah. This is really like the trap room of the prison. I shouldn't have been surprised for a trap door to appear right now, but fuck me, I was so shocked. And so that's that's another one of the gang of the four down. We got two left. Um, let's see. Citizen Warden's still around. Are we... Does this take us to the... to The is the burial. Okay. So I couldn't remember if alive. he'd been buried alive at this point. Yeah, this is when they bury him alive. Oh, that's right. So yeah, they chain him all... up. And they tell all the prisoners to uh, throw in like one... They have to put like one shovel full in. Uh, or they're going to get shocked. And they demonstrate that by shooting like the first two people who like re- deny it. With uh, like machine guns like not 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 pistols not rifles machine guns it shooting into a crowd killing the two people that they wanted to to get rid of for not for not wanting to throw dirt at ricky and then the first guy who like tearfully is like i'm sorry ricky i'm so sorry ricky but he throws it like right in his face (laughs) yeah i mean this is like another just everyone in this prison who's not ricky is so fucking useless (laughs) they just like lacklusterly like even when they're cheering they can't be bothered to like raise their hands past like their cheek it's just like the half fist pump of joy i feel like everyone in this movie is so tired all the time yeah there's no background choreography ever also i know it's supposed to be implied that like maybe these guys are like wrongfully uh imprisoned but like right i have a feeling that that a lot of them I don't know. I feel like that's supposed to be implied with the like privatized prisons and like corp, you know, capitalism one out, all that crap. But at the same time, it's like Ricky. Yeah, I get like, yeah, you should inspire them, but also like, dude, there's a good chance a lot of these are like murderers and rapists. I mean, and Ricky, people. while while we do find out why he went to prison, which was for murdering the people who kidnapped his girlfriend and in her trying no. to escape jumped off the roof she of the didn't building. even she doesn't even jump she literally just runs like straight trips, off the yeah. roof i know she's just like they didn't put someone explain this fucking thing to me it made no sense why why did she go I... up that's my question why would you go just, up <laughs> she doesn't like pause and jump off she just runs off the edge of the roof it, it, it no, really it looks like she just doesn't realize like there isn't trips. more roof yeah um but the reason ricky goes to prison and the reason that he has those bullets in his chest 
is from avenging the death of his girlfriend. You mean his souvenirs? Right, his souvenirs. I. It seems like everyone in who's in this prison is in there for manslaughter because the only other one we get is um, is it not Alan, uh, the guy who for, who's first killed the old man with glasses, and there's that great Greek chorus moment that we've talked about where um, just prison like room to room we're passing through and we get bits and pieces of you know it's such a pity he doesn't belong in this prison he was you know just trying to drive his wife to the hospital so she could give birth then they ran over this man he just had to be a cop yeah the the thing is though ricky isn't um guilty of manslaughter he is guilty of murder he he murdered a man with his fists right but they do slaughtered a man they say he's in there for slaughtering men yeah I mean, I guess maybe the fact that the guy shot six bullets into him before Ricky then uh, kicked his fu- like what did he do? He like ki- he broke his leg with a flying kick, <laughs> and then um, punched punched his head in enough to like put this put basically like the imprint of his fist on it. Right. One of the least violent ways Ricky dispatches someone in this movie, honestly. Honestly, you know, and the, the movie true. skips over the fact that he had a good lawyer. You know. Um... It was, uh, I think, his like cousin. I want to see that movie. I want to see the story of Ricky that just takes place in a courtroom, <laughs> just in between this movie. My honor, your honor. Uh, My honor. Ricky, R- R- Ricky was acting in self-defense. Um, all three of the punches and the implosion of the skull and the desecration of the body. You know, you had to be sure. He was being shot at. He has six bullets to prove it. He wears them as a souvenir. So where where are we at now? Uh, I mean, I, I, I do want to get. He's buried. He's buried alive. Oh, that's they've right. They forced the other prisoners to bury him alive. And they and they've they've they uh, they've made everyone uh, show their allegiance to the prison by burying Ricky alive. Uh, they've given him a giant bamboo um, breathing tube, and say that at the end of seven days, if you're still alive in this hole, uh, we'll let you go. And Ricky proves to everybody he's still alive by being a music major and playing the flute <laughs> with his air pipe Right. Once again, a symbol of hope, justice, and uh, questionable musical talent. In the Hong talent. Kong way. Because <laughs> the boy is, the not, way. is not a good flute player. Just go throw that out there. Like, I mean, it's impressive what he can do with a leaf, but uh, not, not, not a song that I would spin personally. Man, Gavin's a uh, Gavin's got some real flute gatekeeping going on right now. Yeah, you know, I just expect more. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus. Um, we also get to see. I think it's Rogan just like kick a dog in half and then shove the heart of the dog into the breathing tube, which and... lands in Ricky's mouth because he splits right. it in half somehow. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how he survives the seven days. He's just like absorbing the essence of this dog, and then. Uh, also, where did they, that dog come from, and why did they kill it? We see it once before because it's just hanging. Yeah, it's just hanging out by the thing. Like he's got a dog friend. Who I assumed it was a watchdog, and then I'm like, why would you kill the watchdog? Yeah, I, I think it's just because they had a dog lying around that could cut in half and throw the blood and guts everywhere. They needed just a little. You know, this movie is pretty short on gore. They needed a heart um, to feed Ricky. <laughs> And then I love how they like use the the, the caterpillar uh, to dig him up, and then just very artfully lift him by the by the chains around him um, up into the to the air, where they find out he's still alive, and he flexes and destroys the chains that bind him, because you know Ricky's an invincible killing machine. 
Ricky is also the uh, inspiration for Liu Kang. I forgot to mention that. Really? Yeah. I thought uh, it was more going to be just directly from Bruce Lee. No, Liu Kang is the main character in Mortal Kombat. Yes. Um, yeah, that's I know, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Ricky at multiple times will do the thing where he just licks the blood. Or he just grabs blood from somewhere in his body right. and yeah, licks yeah, at yeah. it and goes, oh, which is just, it's just the Bruce Lee move. And then it's he, not and then okay he for other people to do that in not a parody. And he just makes a fist. Yeah. I mean, it, this is almost bordering on parody. They ride a very fine line, which, again, like, is part of the reason I appreciate this movie so much. Is that, like, all the actors are giving 110%. Like, everything is very serious and very silly, but, like... And I'm sure they're in on the joke, but it's not like um, a trauma film where it's like slapping you in the face with the fact that it's a joke. It's a very earnest movie. Like for as silly as it is, it's very earnest. Earnest Earnest scared scared, stupid. (laughs) Yes. Is there anything keeping us from jumping into the final fight? Because I'm ready. I just want to talk about Freddy really quick. Okay. The only competent prisoner. Sneaks him some rice. But then he gets sold out by the Fink, which fucking uh, Fink. Get, and so fucking Dan, assistant warden Dan, comes and he he hooks him in the in the head and he drags him to Ricky to show. But Ricky's not in the room. They're like, "What the hell?" And so Ricky drops down off the ceiling, uh, and chops the Fink's head in half. Oh God, yeah, it's what that Fink was, gets. I you know I I'm I'm never gonna not enjoy when uh, people walk into a room and they're like. Where'd he go? And the the heroes just like doing the massive like splits and somehow hiding right above their heads. Yeah, I was over down. that the first time I ever saw it. Oh uh, no, it's always great, always enjoyable. And in this version of it, Ricky's not even like touching two walls. He's managed to wedge himself into the center just of the, the room. Part. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, his feet are like on the wall, and then his hands he probably are on the punched ceiling. many holes into the ceiling, and he's he's. Using <laughs> That's true. You've thought through this more than me. It's so great. Um, but yeah, so then I don't even remember exactly how we get here, but he takes, so he takes Dan hostage. Uh, the prisoners all like fucking stab him with like a bottle in the neck and really fuck him oh, up. He, God. he yeah, punches yeah, yeah. out his other eye. Um, but then he makes him take him to the warden. Right. Well, and also they, there's like for like a brief minute, these like shock troops run in that are like employed by the prison who have spikes all over their armor and like are much shinier and, and nail bats are looking. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ricky just punches right through the middle of them, and then the prisoners just like, "All right, they're not invincible. They bleed. Let's get them." And <laughs> never see any of those soldiers again. Like just, boom, done. Can I preface this final fight? Uh, because I By said I spent Gavin a, a very important text as I was walking as I was watching this. I was thinking about how rare it is for me to watch a movie and know nothing about it. Like, I know this is a Hong Kong action movie and nothing else. Have no idea how absurdly violent the kills are or anything. Um, and I was thinking of one of the best moments of my life where I got to show someone from dusk till dawn and they did not know what that movie was about. And that sorry to like spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen it, but vampires show up. I kind of just assume everyone knows that. Like, most of the way through the film... That happens. And I'm thinking, what if that happens in this movie? And Gavin just hasn't told me that. What if, th- I bet there's a werewolf in this movie. I thought that. I wrote it down in my notes ahead of time. Now t- talk about the final fights. <laughs> <laughs> the 
the warden's feeding his son the prisoner's food as an example of like they're discussing the rationing yeah and he's like oh, that's uh, these that's people don't need to eat food cut them in half yeah they are cut lower this, than cut... flies to me <laughs> he proceeds to shove one of the prisoner's arms through a meat grinder uh when he asks for more food and then tells him to eat himself ricky sensing the injustice bursts in um and our final fight begins wait, wait, wait. we've still first we've still two of the gang of the four left first through a wall what did I say? You just said burst in. You got to clarify. He could burst oh, okay. in through a door. He burst in through just, a just, wall. Just assume Ricky goes through more walls than doors in this movie. Uh, so when I say burst well, in. Well, none of the doors ass- are locked. So there's no <laughs> reason to burst through them. Right. It's only like the convenience of going through a wall or, or an open door. You know, whichever is closer for Ricky, really. No, it's just it's just the rules behind parkour. <laughs> Yeah, it's however stylish, most stylish and efficiently you can enter a enter a room. Stylish um, doesn't even come into it. It's just efficient. It's point A to point B and uh, fastest steps. Parkour. I, I, parkour. Okay. Parkour. <laughs> it's parkour, man. Just don't question well, it. It's parkour. Anyway. Also, I'm right. So Ricky, Ricky um, let's see, bursts into the room. We get some needles flying through the walls. That he just like catches and pulls Brandon through a wall. I'm trying to remember exactly how uh, Rogan meets their fate. Oh yes, so Rogan no, so he... crawls into the dumb waiter because he's suddenly scared. Well, no, that's Brandon. Brandon. That's Brandon. That's Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, no, yeah. Rogan goes to kick him because uh, he gets like he gets sprayed with like boiling water from like a tank or something. Oh, that's right. And so yeah, Rogan... because Rogan and then Rogan uh, Brandon bursts like part of a, a steam pipe behind him yeah and then so rogan goes to like finish him off but he misses and uh he cuts his legs off right and shoves him into the steam pipe itself so but he's then, just like well, being boiled alive well no then he starts screaming don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me and then we don't really see him again so i'm assuming he killed him <laughs> I, th- I think he might have killed him yeah brandon I'm sorry, he, he, he probably manslaughtered him <laughs> <laughs> brandon runs for the hills um and then it's just the warden. He says, like, hey, get my son out of here because I have a heart. Um, and then also we get, like, just to mention it. Uh, Did you mention the elephant gun? gun? Yeah, that just, like, shoots people and they explode. Kind of like, like how... Kind of uh, slowly? Kind of gun well, he uses explodes it. people. This is how Dan meets his end, Assistant Warden Dan. Like, um, what's his face from uh, the, uh, the Big Trouble in Little China? He just... Right, the, the wind guy. Yeah, he just... He just bursts and he says i got this specifically made to to hunt elephants which i don't that that makes no sense to me yeah yeah you just make elephants explode that's how you yeah of all the things in this movie that was the one that i was like "Mm, i don't okay kind of lost me i agree that is this this is this movie's only flaw (laughs) i wouldn't call it a flaw it's a feature yes but anyway it's a feature (laughs) the warden tosses away the pistol when it's just him and ricky and he's like, finally, Ricky, I bet you didn't know that I was tough, too. And then he turns around and starts just no, like... No, to be the warden, you have to be the best at Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, we all know That's that. how it works in capitalist countries. Yeah. Private this is, prisons. This is the prison industrial complex. You're too good <laughs> so at Kung warden, Fu. It's The complex. warden starts ripping off his clothing and then begins to just like... Uh, go through like basically a werewolf trans- transformation. I'll give you that sage. He's not a werewolf. He, but he literally goes through. Yeah, he is. I he mean, goes he through a transformation. Out, he's, he turns uh, into he, a monster. He's a hairless werewolf. Can we just? Is that fair? 
I'm not going to give you this one. Why? Why not? Why so, is this a hill? Because this is like he's just at a level of Qi Gong. He's a werewolf. Allows him point. to turn into basically a Hulk. Werewolf. And um, where he grows like maybe four feet. You know, uh, clothing's falling off him. Would you say and, he has like a lupine facial structure at this point? No, he kind of looks like uh, what's that race in Star Trek? Ferengi. With, yeah, he kind of looks like a Ferengi. Would, yeah, he looks like a Ferengi. Um, he's got he's very you know, snotty. Yeah, well, and anytime a character grows past a certain size in this movie, they have to drool and uh, just drip phlegm from all over their bodies. I think it's just part of the you know at a, just a certain level of uh, body structure. Yeah. Also, so you just kind of you have to remember he also begins this uh, transform transformation in the best way that we all love is which is he's just getting the shakes. He's just getting the shakes and he's shaking. And he's shaking. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, shaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they remember Which, they they hinted at this earlier in the movie because there's this this I think it's a great scene when he's like get me my medicine and they proceed to just keep pulling out jars of candy basically yeah and he's just and chugging he, them he doesn't chew he he downs with like water he's just drinking like clinics <laughs> and like Reese's pieces and shit um and yeah I didn't connect that but I guess that's what's keeping him from turning into the Hulk or into a giant Ferengi um, but anyway. I don't even know how to properly describe this like battle of the Colossi where Ricky's just punching holes in this guy, but unlike everyone else, it doesn't matter. Cause again, he's a Qigong master. Uh, he expresses that he also does the same martial arts. The first thing Ricky does is like punch a hole through his stomach and merely a flesh wound. He doesn't need the center of his being, you know, not to fight anyway. Probably just got his appendix. <laughs> right. Which, you know, uh, I'm living proof that that doesn't matter. I don't know. I uh, think you're less of a human now. Okay. No, it's your uh, your, your, your tonsils. Oh, your uh, I don't have those either. Yeah, it, 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 these are removable things. It's fine. And, yeah, or wisdom teeth. You're one of those ninety percenters now. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, I kind of forget this moment's coming. Because uh, it's a fun surprise because there's so much before it. Right, and there's everything is so ridiculous in this movie from the very get-go that to get used to a level of insanity and to have that surpassed in such a big and beautiful way, uh, it's really hard to describe how wonderful it is. Because this, this fight also ends in one of the best ways I can imagine, which is forcing a gigantic where like like gigantic. Uh, you said werewolf. I, you I were going to say you know, werewolf. I, we don't need to hang on that. It's fine. A gigantic warden through a meat processor uh, is, you know, just delightful. Like Also, behind the scenes fact, there was so much fake blood used in this sequence that the that the actor playing Ricky, uh, his, he couldn't wash it off his skin for three days. Just permanently dyed like a, like a slightly pink, red yeah. version of human yeah. being. <laughs> it, it took him three days to wash it off oh man so then after that this sounds like ricky, a thing that gives you cancer <laughs> ricky walks out and just punches down the walls of the prison also, no no he walks out and have, he throws the warden's head he to end the fighting yes <laughs> he throw he's because he's got the warden's head with him and so he chucks right. the warden's head into the into the into the, the yard so they'd stop the fighting 
Oh, that's right. Because now there's it's a full-on prison riot. For the first time, the prisoners are actually attempting to do anything uh, in this movie more than just cower and like slowly fist pump. I mean, the only people <laughs> more useless in this movie than the prisoners are the prison guards. So like, it kind of makes sense that it would be an even match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every background choreography, which I hinted at earlier between the prisoners and the prison guards, is kind of just a back and forth, come at me, bro, where they just lean back and forth, and occasionally one of them will raise their arms. Oh, I guarantee all of these are people They're... who played putties on Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, this is also the, the same, just to, for perspective, the same company that made uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, which is either a forthcoming or previously done episode of this podcast um these movies were not made far apart from each other that's a, that's crazy to think yeah i did i did not know that and that actually blows my mind if, i think there's a chance this was jim made in company though there is a chance no, this, movie this movie was made after the first tmnt movie it, it, it was it was made um i think after at least the first one maybe after the second one too for, for timestamp but yeah so Ricky bursts through the prison walls. Everyone's free. Uh, he walks off in, into a freeze frame, I think, or maybe slow motion. Credits roll. Uh, everyone's overjoyed. Yes, yeah, this Shawshank Redemption moment. Yeah, it's great. He didn't even have to crawl through shit. He just had to crawl through warden blood. I, I would have liked him to just punch danced a little bit more at the end before it goes to black. He wasn't angry. He, he wasn't angry. He can't, he can't, he can't punch dance. You can dance punch and... with joy. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved, like, a fucking John Bender fist pump freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. Don't the you end of, Yeah, bro, okay. Forget about me. So, I, I mean, I don't know when to best work this in, but I googled uh, the director because I was really curious to see if he actually yeah, had yeah. done anything else. Um, so, this movie was in 1991. In 1990, he made a movie called Erotic Ghost Story. I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? Which is, which, first off, what became a box office success in Hong Kong, and Erotic Ghost Story 2 was made and released in 1991 under, by a different director. So this... Er, <laughs> I wonder if synopsis, this name translates synopsis, or if this synopsis, is just English name. Erotic Ghost Story revolves around three fairies, played by Yip Man and Kudo, who have attained human form. Upon helping a hapless scholar, the, tri the trio begin to have lustful thoughts about him. This sloon leads to many erotic romps and the eventual discovery that he is a dangerous demon. Uh -huh. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I seen like... it, and I'm very, very open to it. Um, and again, that was probably a Golden Harvest film, too. I think this guy... Like, oh, God. It, reading, reading, reading this, I read a little bit about this director too, and he was formerly Shaw Brothers Studios, I think, and then moved to Golden Harvest, where he made this film, and I, I believe that one as well. But guys, it is guys. Go ahead, sorry. Oh my God, the main actress of Erotic Ghost Story is Amy Yip, who I'm just gonna straight up read her Wikipedia to you. Is an actress who was one of the leading sex symbols of Hong Kong cinema in the late 1980s and early 1990s. She was known for her slender figure and her disproportionately large breasts. She has family roots in Taishan, Guangdong. I don't know how to say that. Uh, she is the namesake of Boba. Wait, Wait Boba the drink? I, I'm assuming so. Not Boba the Fett. No. <laughs> okay. But the, you know she has a how, is, clear, how does she have an entire sure. type of drink named after? Her? I don't know. This isn't like this isn't like having an Arnold Palmer. This is like having lemonade named after you. 
Yeah, we do not need to get into the sordid details of what Lemonade's named after. I don't know. Either. I'll watch Erotic Ghost Story. Maybe it's, it's named after Beyonce. <laughs> please, please, uh, I, I will watch that with you. Let's let's have a let's have a quarantine date, Seamus. Yeah, let's, let's, if we'll you take... would, audience, if you would like to tell us your erotic ghost stories, <laughs> please email us at stillgoodpod at gmail. It does just make me think of the Ghostbusters scene, um, the delete, which. Yes. <laughs> Or the scary Dan movie Aykroyd ghost job. one. Uh, I think that's in the first scary movie movie. Uh, I think um, it's in at least might the be first in three two. or two. Yeah, it is in two. I think it's also in one. Yeah. Oh boy, those movies. Um, yeah. So, do you think we made this remotely accessible for anyone who hasn't seen Story of Ricky? <laughs> I did kind of just want to like that. It's like one of the few like if enough people don't know about this movie, I kind of regret having to go through like a full hour and you know 25 minutes before we tell you how good it is uh because you know I, i'm just gonna let's, let's just do it real quick um is this still good is it better as a memory uh is it something we should never speak of again this movie's still great that's that wasn't even one of the options go on, this movie is still great all right uh seamus did, did you just agree with me it sounded like you did no i completely agree with you i said this movie is still great that's it like absolutely holds up absolutely a fucking treasure yeah it's so much fun it's it's your memory can't do this movie justice as part of it like this movie is so much crazier than my memory could can contain um it's just fucking wild uh all right sage come in and argue yeah well i agree with you less is probably the most accurate way to put it because i still mostly agree that there are still things in this movie that i can't get past and it's mostly just like that shitty kid at the end like i got no enjoyment from that character and the movie would have been better without it and there's a lot of things i feel that way but uh no that, this movie's good this is this is a good movie <laughs> all right i'll take it i just like i yeah. need to put more caveats than than y'all but but to your point like this is one of those movies that like i do kind of wish that there was just a because it, it's not necessary to watch this movie before listening to this podcast. Obviously, we're, we're three very enjoyable voices. Like, I'm not going to take away from that. Oh, but, thanks, uh, man. <laughs> um, just this movie, I, I almost don't want to, you know, spoil anything. Like, I, I feel like there's a, you can't really spoil this movie because of how crazy it is to see these things happening on the screen. But it's also like, um, I'm trying to think like my buddy who I, I was just saying I thought um, was the one who showed me this movie and turns out I didn't. But like I had to when I really hadn't seen it, I was trying to think of the best way to sell it. And the best I could do is like it's as if Dead Alive era Peter Jackson made a martial arts movie about the horrors of privatized prisons. <laughs> that makes it sound that, more like serious than a it part is. Of this movie. <laughs> right. But like also part of this movie is about slowly realizing how fucking silly of a ride you're in for just and i don't want to spoil that it's the most say it's the most it's the most anime movie like basically just say there's a guy in prison who's super strong and he's got to fight the four prison bosses to escape prison and it's the most anime fucking movie you will ever see i feel like that is yeah that's enough to like lure people in from my experience, I did not understand what movie it was until the three remaining bosses jumped out of the sewers and presented themselves through violence. <laughs> then I understood. Yeah, and like calling this movie violent is such an understatement. Um, that was another way I was just 
trying to pitch someone else on it. Uh, there's like just it feels hard to accurately. Well, I, yeah, describing it as a live action anime uh, is is very apt. It's just wild. I also think <laughs> I, love I so think much. people also are more aware of this movie than they realize. Like people who haven't seen it, I feel like have definitely probably seen either like the Oscar fight. I know that was a really popular one back in the day. Well, the um, clip okay. of yeah. Tarzan smashing that guy's head when he appears. I've seen that on Craig Kilborn used that as a as a running bit on his show. Yeah, I was just gonna say that one. Yeah. But like I, I know like I've seen this is such a like it's it was it's basically such a memed movie almost that I feel like it's one of those things in pop culture that people don't realize there's a whole movie to this. This wasn't just some weird one off. Right. Well has this and influenced this is... Has this influenced other things? Like, what is the legacy of this movie? Be, be Mortal Kombat. Memes? Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat, as Seamus has, has stated. Um, and I don't know. I don't feel like like it. It does have those very memeable moments, which I guess is one of the stronger exports that it has. And there are some movies like one of the things I'm disappointed often in is because I do love this kind of brand of movie is when they don't really justify, you know, an hour and a half. And I feel like this movie very much does. This movie like this flies podcast? by. <laughs> that, that is fair criticism, Sage. <laughs> um, sorry, what were you saying? What were you saying, James? It just flies by? Yeah, I was saying like, it, 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 it's, it's a very, it's, it's a shorter movie than you realize, but it also like, it doesn't feel long at all. It, like it moves really quickly. And that's what happens when you avoid any exposition. Right. Or just do a very silly Greek chorus that like all the drop in the middle of fights. At the same time, all at once during the fights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I just really enjoy this film. It's great. Uh, well, would, would you like to see it again? That's my reboot time segue. That fair. I, I will say I have watched it three, like, Probably three times, two two or three times in the last week. Uh, once in full for this, and then just dropping in on bits and pieces and watching highlights. Like I've been so amped. Um, but yes, in terms of a remake, there's so much charm in this film that does come from when it was made. That I would in 1973 slash 1991. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like this specific era of special effects and storytelling that I. There, there. It's still rich. Like the B movie exploitation thing is still pretty rich, but it's just. And I guess it always has been such a dicey game to play. Um, that I bet this movie would still be made today. Uh, I'd be afraid of it having a lot of CGI in it. Gavin, I think you're just ignoring the fact that this already was remade as the Raid Two. <laughs> I was. I've been thinking about that. I mean, not to to denigrate a movie that we've all said we loved, but like. This is like the shitty campy version of the raid two. I mean, I think that's an apt. Like, I'm. I, I, would, I would just say I campy. Use, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think a word different shitty, word for but... shitty. That's less. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and and that I I don't I don't I'm not sure if I've actually seen the raid two, but like I'm assuming Boy? it's similar to the raid. Um, Wait, really? Is... 
boy. Boy. Is it, is it not similar? Is it not similar to the raid? I mean, it's got like at? one of the same characters <laughs> in the same. I mean, and yeah. it's a it's technically a sequel, but boy, yeah, different. I mean, if the if the raid is dread, the raid two is like taking more from the Godfather or Elite Squad. <laughs> wow. Or, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is kind of it's like a sprawling mob epic. That's yeah. Got it's that it's same a way style. bigger movie. I, I, I'm it was a repurposed movie that Gareth Edwards had in a different thing and then reincorporated into a Raid sequel, but like it works. Yeah, I mean, Dread was great. Yeah, and there are four fantastic... <laughs> Wait, you've never seen Batboy and Hammer Girl? <laughs> I, I, I'm entirely at a loss for what you're saying. Well, Batboy okay, and so Hammer Girl. These are two of the characters in the Raid 2, and without talking too much about this, you know, you you frequently don't remember that you've seen a movie until I talk about it a lot. So I thought maybe very, those very were true. There is there is a there is about a uh, I would say a thirty five percent chance that I've seen the raid too, um, and very much enjoyed it, but just uh, have a bad enough memory that I'm not entirely sure that I can't connect the title to my experience seeing the movie. <laughs> um, Do you guys know if the raid's on anything? Because now I just want to watch it. I, it was on Netflix at some points. I shouldn't have said right, that. Fast, fast forwarding to recommendations, uh, the raid movies, and we'll just go back to remakes in a second. But yeah, that sounds like those were your guys's too. Yeah, is that I, is that? I apt? mean, my recommendation for anything, whenever I can fit it in, is a raid movie. Like those are wonderful. I would say some of the other adjacent Indonesian movies get even more violence. And lack some of the same substance. Like, if you really love Story of Ricky, I would say The Night Comes for Us. I haven't seen it. Like Check it out. All the same people, minus the director, but same choreographers and everything. And it's it's twice as violent to the point that it's like, oh, wait, how are people surviving this? I'm going to say that I've, I've dropped uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or Brain Dead, depending on which title it's under. Uh, enough to say just go fucking see that movie it's great it's an exploration of a problematic father uh or not father mother son dynamic uh set in new zealand that is just campy and delightful romantic zombie comedy that also is uh maybe tied with story of ricky for the most violent and gory thing i've seen that also is heartwarming and charming i do not remember it being quite as violent in the same way uh I'm down to I'm down to revisit that, maybe even do an episode at some point because that is that is not a movie that I enjoy at all, and I can't let you just recommend it without saying that. Oh uh, well, wow. that's, that's fine. I'll take okay, yeah. But we can wow. have that okay. conversation for ninety minutes someday. <laughs> Seamus, do you want to? Uh, I'm just going to recommend. Anything? I'm just going to give a shout out to the, the Fist of the North Star, which is uh, just literally very very similar to the story of ricky yeah, in that in the whole exploding confused. people with their punches because they're that strong thing i've never seen fist of the north star but i kind of thought just based on the name that story of ricky was based on it and i, I don't know the time frame between like the mangas and the i feel like that has to be a common misconception first. yeah because uh even in the story i was again watching the story of ricky anime this morning uh i didn't watch the whole thing but he has, like, a, a Star of David on his fist. Yeah, that's where he gets his power from. Fro- I thought it was from, from a Star of David. controlling his anger. <laughs> well, no, the super strength comes from the Star of David on his 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 uh, his, his, his palm or his fist. What if is his origin established... story is just that he's blessed by a rabbi? <laughs> is that established in this live-action movie at all? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, just, just confirming. 
All right. Uh, before we finish, let's go back to we, we kind of skipped so over it. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys had to say about that. Well, I'd I mean, be I'd against it. You'd be against it, but well, that's not that's not really an option. We just accept that everything we love is going to be rebooted and shoved down our faces. So we're oh, trying yeah, to do the best job of it. Like that's this segment. It so is what not would you a hate least, Seamus? What would you hate least? Pitch us something that you would see, even if it's begrudging. Anything that reboots this, I feel like you need to. It still needs to be intentionally bad. Bad dubbing. It needs to be, you know, campy or gory. I th- I think the thing is, is that I'm thinking of is maybe take it more seriously. But then the thing is, if you take out the camp but you keep the gore, then it becomes like uh, too much. So you know, I don't want to see like a raid or a John Wick style kind of movie with this. I would like kind of a more still kind of like Kung Fu Hustle, like Stephen like Stephen Chow, but you know, with excessive gore. Right, like an you know an NC seventeen Stephen Chow film. Yeah, I'd do that. Um, and and to your to, to your to your point, Sage, like you kept name dropping Eli Roth, who like I associate with Hostel, mm-hmm. and I don't see much comparison between this movie and Eli Roth films. Maybe you haven't seen some of the same ones then, because one of the biggest things I think of is a film called Aftershock, which is something he produced and acted in. But that movie, that movie takes place in Chile during an earthquake, and there's a prison break, and things get very Eli Rothy very fast. It's just partying for 30 minutes, and then escaping, and then there's an incoming tsunami, and I kind of love that movie, and I'm kind of stepping on, on your pitch here and just taking the turn, but mine is, you set this movie in Panama, you have Eli Roth produce it, and I don't quite have like a cast or director pitch to it, but that's kind of the approach I'd like to see, is not even... Not even hong kong or asian just set it somewhere else in the do movie. you know who directed that movie um, then? no but we'll just say them let's say we'll, we'll say the person who did crawl <laughs> okay because i when i when i hear eli roth i think of hostile the hills have eyes and torture porn like that was his brand on cinema and this isn't torture porn this is very much like the joy of violence not torture yeah, this, this is, is like this is like gore. Green Inferno, not Cabin Fever. Oh wait, no, never mind. Both of those are that. <laughs> so I mean, to me, like it, it, it's a, that's a difficult comparison. Which again, like I haven't seen the movie that you're referencing that he produced. Well, but the stuff that you've seen that he directed, and it has a four point eight on IMDb. So I may be in the vast minority here. Okay, um, but yeah, I, th- I, I would agree with Seamus like Stephen Chow would be an exciting person to see take this on or you know if someone like the people behind the raid uh oh no yeah just put it in Indonesian prison and and if they if they kind of went about it with trying to create charm which is something that the raid movies have some of like there are like one-liners I feel like in those movies a little bit and you know, you do care the about the people a little bit. Um, right. At least half of the Raid movies. Um, but it would be about finding that balance between Stephen Chow and the Raid. Can uh, I just throw a mild aside? If you're picking up vacuuming, that is my roommate currently vacuuming our backyard. I am really confused. How do you vacuum a yard? I don't I. All right, so that's my answer, is Eli Roth producing a Stephen Chow movie set in Indonesia with the raid choreography. 
Sounds sounds good. Look yeah. look at like that actually synergy. that sounds like a good movie. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. We did it. We d- we did it. We we saved cinema. All right. Um, is anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I'm curious, really quickly, if there's anything that you guys don't like about this movie. That would have been the 15 minute podcast version of what we just did. Um, just that it ends. all right yeah um yeah i mean honestly like the only thing i can think of is the the his girlfriend's death sequence is pretty mediocre but it's Uh, funny enough that i don't care it's so funny no it's it's totally functional and it's very silly but like um just runs right off that fucking roof yeah the the rapey undertones Mm -hmm. are a little uncomfortable that goes on for a while and um, I would also say the flute playing, you know, uh, it, it, it works in the context uh, of being like they're trying to do something that is beautiful and sentimental, but comes off as extremely cheesy, especially because it that subplot is wrapped up in, again, like a 25, probably like a 32 year old man trying to play like a 14 year old boy. But uh, they dressed him up like it? a university student. <laughs> But the flute playing, flute playing is not, not the best flute playing I've ever heard. I don't Damn, know. Gavin, All just right. hating on the flute playing. Well, that was our negative review of the story of Ricky. <laughs> Everything else, perfection. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, with that, Seamus, you got anything to plug? Um, well, I'm in quarantine and I uh, don't go outside anymore, so... Uh... You know, don't expect much from me, but uh, we'd still do stream content with uh, on Twitch uh, at Super Trash Bros. So Twitch Twitch dot com slash Super Trash Bros. Uh, we do like Super Smash Brothers, and uh, we've been playing Warzone a lot, and uh, we were doing Small World, and I don't know. We we stream whatever we can play on the internet because none of us can go outside or interact with each other. So uh, check us out, Super Trash Bros. Um, that's yeah, that that's all I got right now. I'm also unemployed. Um, follow me on Twitter uh, <laughs> at Seamus Calder. Uh, Shout out to unemployment. Yeah, you know, if uh, if you, you need somebody who does stuff, uh, I I could do some stuff. The man does <laughs> stuff. Is, I hope that's what your resume says. <laughs> uh, yeah, effectively. I remember seeing some pretty good some pretty good business cards from you over the years. Yeah, I used to have a business card that said "Private Investigator." <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm I'm Gavin Murray. You can find me at Gavin V. Murray uh, on most things. I am also fun employed. I think, you know, along with a good portion of the world population. Yeah, I think right about now. 53 million Americans. Mm-hmm, yeah. Jesus Christ, it just keeps climbing. Sage, how, how, how's your employment going? Uh, it's, it's the same. I work in film. No one's making film. It's going to be slow on the other end. I'll figure it out. In the meantime, you can find me at Hold for Plane on various media things. And this is really the only thing I do now, so that's my plug. And the raid too. I plug in the raid too. Yeah, uh, sp- spread spread the spread the love. Uh, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. I guess. Yeah, right here. You, right. you found it. You're listening to but, it. But in case you haven't, in case you're listening uh, through your neighbor's thin walls. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Seamus. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for getting me to rewatch Ricky. Man, that was a treat. It was a, it was a treat. All right, bye.
Ricky Ho, 21 years old, sentenced to serve 10 years for manslaughter and assault. Why didn't you let the doctors take the five bullets out of you? Souvenirs.